so glad you're I'm so excited about small group semester it's going to be awesome next week is like there's like 10 things going on we have Super Bowl parties and there's Sunday morning's going to be a blast thanks so much Sunday morning's going to be a blast we have uh, testimonies from some football players that are actually part of the game so if you have friends and family that are maybe they're not all about church but they love football it's a great opportunity where faith and football collide it's going to be a once it's just going to be a one-of-a-kind experience. It's going to be awesome. And we're also doing water baptisms next week. So if you've never been water baptized as a believer, I want to encourage you to take the next step of faith and trust God. It's going to be it's just incredible every single time as, as people obey God. It's the first act of Christian obedience. The very first message of the entire church happened in the book of Acts, and it was simply this. Repent and be baptized. So that's, that's what God's called us to do. It's to obey him and be water baptized. So if you'd like more information, you can put it on your connection card or talk to one of our leaders. We would love to help you find out that next step. We're so glad that you are here today. Hey, if you want to grab your message notes, we'll get right into the scripture. But before we do, I want to ask you a question. Um, how many people would consider yourself forgetful? How many forgetful? <laughs> My people are, came to church today. What is the easiest thing for you to forget? I got thinking about my keys. Anybody ever struggle with losing your keys? Or maybe your wallet, guys. Have you ever lost your wallet? You're thinking, where, where did I put it? Or maybe your glasses. Um, I, I got thinking about things that we oftentimes lose. How many say it's easy to lose my mind? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How about for you, it's easy to lose weight? It's lo- All right, we hate you if you're here, by the way. <laughs> I got thinking one of the things that's so easy to lose is vision. Vision. Helen Keller said this, that it's the only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. I believe God wants to give us vision about our life. And not so that whenever the things of the world come and whenever the ebb and flow of life and bills and jobs and mortgages and families and all those things, that we will have something that's bigger than those things in our life. What I've learned about pastoring is that it's not my job to solve all your problems. My job as a pastor is to help you get something in your life bigger than all your problems. Because serving God doesn't mean your problems go away. But serving God means you get a purpose that's greater than your problems. And even though you're walking through issues, even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear evil because why? You're walking with purpose every step of the way. The writer of Proverbs said this, that without a vision, people perish. So God wants to give us a vision for our lives, and God wants to give us a vision for our church. I want to take today as as just a special Sunday, actually our first time to really ever do this, except for the very beginning, before the church launched at all. See, before this church launched, it was just a vision. We had our first service on September 20th, 2015, at West Valley Middle School, not too far from here, But our first service happened about two years before that when God gave me a vision. And I remember how terrifying it was to share that vision with someone else. Have you ever had a vision from God that was so much bigger than you and you thought, God, everybody's going to think I'm stupid if I start sharing what I feel like you've called me to do. But when we came here, we had a vision. We didn't know anybody, but we had a vision from God. And we started having these things we called interest hangouts. 
And what we did, we, we hosted them at, at uh, Bridgewater Event Center. So if you're driving down 40 toward downtown, you'll see it on the left. It's a white building. It says Bridgewater Event Center. And that's where we had our very first interest hangout. I think I even brought a picture of that very, very first meeting. This is the very first meeting that we ever had as, as a church. And I, I shared a message about our vision and what the church was going to be. The cool thing that I want to share with you today is not just what the church is going to be, but what God has already done. And I think it's a picture of what he's going to do. And so I just want to bring you, if I could just take everybody and put you into that little 12 by 12 room at Bridgewater Event Center. And I, I would love to just share with you what I shared with them. Um, oh, near, you know, right at um, about a, a little over a year and a half ago, it's been a while now. And, and we would share this vision with people as they would come over our house and hear the story of what God's called us to do. We would do anything to meet people. I remember we would go to Chick-fil-A, and we would let our kids play while other people were letting their kids play. And then we would, we would talk to them about life and God and just trying to reach anybody that we could because all we had was a vision. But I want to tell you, a vision is enough if it's from God. That's all you need. So I want to share with you what I shared whenever we first began. And this is the vision of the church. Here is our purpose, simply this. You heard uh, Todd just speak it um, at whenever he was welcoming all of us. But simply this, City Hills Church exists so that all people will find hope and life in Christ. That's our rallying cry. That's what we want to be in a, in a time in our nation where, man, it's, if it's ever a time for the church to be a place for all people, it's now. If there's ever a time for the church to be the shining beacon of light on a city, the city on a hill that cannot be hidden, it's right now where this truly is a place for all people. Maybe this is the very first time you've ever come here. We are so glad that you're here. Doesn't matter what your background is here. Doesn't matter what denomination you come from or don't come from or don't even know what the word denomination means. You belong here because this is a place for all people. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your age. This is not just a church for young people. This is not just a church for older people. This is a church for all people. And we want to share Jesus Christ, his hope, his life. Not just There are a lot of things in this world that promise hope, but they can't deliver. But what we have a hold of, this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have a hold of a message that not only promises hope in the middle of hopelessness, but it's a message that truly can deliver life and change us from the inside out. Because that's what God has done in my life, and that's what he can do in all of our lives whenever we seek after him. So how do we do that? What does that look like? I, I want to share with you um, one passage of scripture today from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, and this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, and he kind of gives them an overview of what it means to follow Jesus. He gives them an overview of what it means to follow after him and how their lives should be, and I think this, if you can build a life on the word of God, you can build a church on the word. Like, it's the same, and the vision for our life is the vision for the church. And what we're going to see is that there are four distinct ideas a process, if you will, that God wants to take us all on. And as we talk about this, I want you to think, where are you personally on this process? Where are you? Because you, you, you cannot move down the road to other steps on the journey until you allow God to deal with, with the step that you're on right now. So we're going to look right here at what Paul says, and then we're going to apply it to the church, and we're just going to cast vision, celebrate what God's done. I, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed, overwhelmed, and uh, so excited to preach today. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Let's look at it together. 
This is Paul speaking. He says, I ask the God of our master Jesus Christ. This is my prayer for you. I just hear the heart of a man that loved the people that he was writing to. Just, just overwhelmed if he just had a prayer for them. He says, I just ask that Jesus, the God of glory, would make you intelligent and discerning. And here's the first idea. Knowing him personally. He says, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy and boundless strength. I think in this one passage, and I could teach this from all kinds of different portions of the Bible. Because I just see it's like the theme. It's like God's big idea for people. And I think it's the big idea for the church as well. Here's the first thing where he says. He says, I pray that you would be intelligent and discerning for what? And it's simply this, to know God personally. I love that. So, so the first purpose, so the first vision of the church is simply this. We want to help you know God. And the word there, know, is not the word like having knowledge and knowing. It's not like picking up a book and, and, and reading that and knowing the answer. And it's, it's not so much knowing about things. There are people that, um, because of social media, every once in a while, maybe there's a leader that I'll follow and, and see what they're, what the, what's happening in their life and leadership. And then at some conference or something like that, I will have the chance to meet that person. And I walk up to them and, hey, my name is Brandon. And, man, I just love what you did. And I'm, I start telling them about all these things that I followed. Oh, I love that one message series you did. And, man, I, man, I love that restaurant, too. And he's looking at me like, this guy is nuts, like stalker alert, hashtag stalker alert. What's going on? Well, I know a lot of information about that person in my mind, but I had never met that person before. And what we want to be as a church is not just a place where you can get a lot of religious information about God. See, Jesus did not come so that we could just have a lot of religious information about who he is. See, the word know in that passage is actually the word, the Greek word gnosko. And that's simply, here's, here's how it's used in the Bible. Adam knew Eve, and they bore children. How many knows it takes a little bit more than head knowledge to, to do that, right? What was he saying? The intimacy. He was saying there's something more than just a head knowledge, that this is about a relationship. Church, I want to tell you that we want to be a place that is not about religion. This is not a place about religion. My life completely changed whenever I began to understand that Jesus didn't die so that I could practice a religion for him, but so that I could have a relationship with him, so that I could talk to him and he could talk with me and he could be that good father that could be there every step of the way. He wants to have a relationship with you. He's not interested in you just following all the rules. He wants to talk with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to know you. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells us what I, I think is honestly the scariest verse in the whole Bible. It says this, Matthew 7, 22. Many will come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? It's pretty cool. I don't know how many of us say, yeah, I prophesied in the name of Jesus. He says, and in your name to drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Pretty cool things, driving out demons prophesying, doing miracles. But he said, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's scary to me. Because I don't want to ever take my walk with God and replace it with my work for God. 
I don't want to just be something that I check off the list. I did my God thing today. I read my Bible five minutes. I prayed five minutes. I did did the religious thing. I came to church. God, you should kind of be happy with me now. No, he says, I'm not even interested in your displays of great spiritual power. You can cast out demons and still not know God. It's powerful. You can prophesy and be all spiritual and still not know God. Let this always be a place. Let this house always be a place, is my prayer, where this is not about religion. But when you walk in this place, you feel his abiding presence. And he changes us from the inside out. And tear, hot tears streaming down your face. It never gets old to me. This morning, as people were leaving the 9 o'clock service, someone came up to me, tears streaming down their face. And they were just saying, I just feel like God is telling me that I need to step out and I need to trust him. And what it was, it was so much more than just this simple message that I'm preaching. It was the power of God. It was a relationship with Jesus that was touching this person's life. And that's my prayer. That's our prayer as a church, that we would continue to create environments where we can help people know God. Take that step of faith, not just understand religious things about God, but know him personally. That's why we want, uh, we, we've been amazed at what God has done, honestly. When we were about a year ago, it's, it's been overwhelming as I've kind of went down this uh, memory lane just over the last year because when we were at the school that we met at uh, for 11 months, uh, we, we were at a completely different place than we were whenever God opened the door for us to move in this place. We were so thankful to be there, but I, wanted, I, just, I just wish I could find every volunteer that was here in that season, just hug them, just as big as I could, because... I mean, you're talking about 5 a.m. days and and janitors not showing up and two and a half hour setups and teardowns every single week. And at the same time, not many people, we we, we had big vision, but it didn't look like it was coming to pass, but we stayed faithful. I want to encourage somebody along, I want to encourage somebody today. Maybe you're trying to follow the vision God's given you and it doesn't look like it's happening. Stay faithful. Just keep on doing what he said, told you to do. Because I'm a living testimony just in this little bit of watching what God is doing in this church. Is I'm watching the faithfulness of God work through countless serve team members. And people that are trusting him and reaching out to their friends. And people are bowing their knee to Jesus Christ. People are going down in the waters of baptism. They're finding their purpose. Marriages are being restored. Bodies are being healed. I mean the kingdom is coming to earth guys. And let's not not give up. I started doing some numbers that just in a year... Um, we have had an 83% increase in, in average attendance. It blows my mind. We, uh, our highest attendance at the school was 100 people, and we reached it one time. We had, someone said, we have 99 people. I said, somebody's got to be pregnant in the house. <laughs> I know somebody may be keeping it to yourself, but now's not the time to do it. We believe in life here. We, we're going to count the babies. And uh, so we, we had one that was pregnant. So 100 people, and we celebrated and guys, and that was everything. We were begging, borrowing, stealing. And you know what? I was overwhelmed at Christmas. We had over 265 people that came through these doors and was worshiping God together. Guys, that's the faithfulness of God, and that's your faithfulness of what God's doing. We're, we're, we're about to go into a season of pushing and of growth and of reaching out. We're going to start a marriage series here in two weeks. And I'll tell you the reason we do it, A, because our lives are only built on the word of God. Marriage, family, dating, relationships, wherever you are on that spectrum, we're going to look at what the word of God says. But also we realize that we live in a world that has broken families and broken relationships and broken dreams. And we, want, we just believe the word of God can heal those things. And I just believe we're going to see hundreds and hundreds of new people and marriages that are going to be restored over the next few months. But guys, before we go into that season, let's take a moment and say, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. 
It's been, it's been absolutely incredible. I, uh, and, 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 and it's no, the thing that's been so awesome is watching specifically our kids. To watch what God's done, he's blessed us with an incredible leader uh, in Kaylin Shapiro. She has been such a gift to this church. She actually came, we connected with her when the first day that this church launched, she was attending uh, Church of the Highlands College in Birmingham, Alabama, and God just knitted all of our hearts together, and when she graduated, we were able to bring her on as an intern, and because of your generosity and your faithfulness and giving, we were able to, we were able to keep her on and, and hire her part-time, and now she's our children's pastor, and she's full of vision for the next generation and is training leaders. And I just really believe that God is doing, God's brought us a team of people, guys, that they love the next generation. I can tell you, we sit in Tuesday meetings when our staff gets together and I'm tears just streaming down all of our faces talking about little kids that are serving God. During 21 days of prayer, there were these really bright colored cards and they were cards from children that were praying for their families to come together and praying for broken situations and praying for their mom and dad and praying for their friends. Guys, if we don't invest in the next generation, then we're, then we're sunk because I think God's attention is all about the next generation. As a matter of fact, we're, if we could see God's attention this morning, I don't even think it's in this room, really. I mean, I think he kind of knows what we're doing in here, but, but you know what? I think his focus is right over that wall right there. His focus is in the hearts of those kids and the next generation. And I'll tell you where I feel like we're going this, this year. It's uh, what, what God's just, it, I just cannot get away from. It was my prayer during 21 days of prayer. I was saying, Lord, take it off of me if this is not what we're supposed to do. Uh, but, but I just really feel in 2017 that it is time for us to launch out and, and get, a, get a bigger uh, space for our kids. I've never been happy with, with, I've been thankful that God provided this space. Don't get me wrong. I, I try really hard just not to get ahead of myself and be thankful where God has us, but also to push forward to what God has in the future. And you know what? I've, it's always been my desire that we would have a children's, a children's area that's innovative, a, ch- a children's area that's just as innovative, if not more, than, than, than what we try to do here and try to do things with creativity and excellence. And they do with creativity and excellence, but we need to give them a bigger canvas to do that. We need to, we need to give them more space to be able to do that. And we need a place that's safe. We need a place that you can lock the door and have security guards there and make sure that everything's safe and they have their own bathrooms and all those things. And, uh, and I, I really believe in 2017 that it's time for us to keep making more room so that more people can find out about who God is, so that we can create a place where people can actually know God. So, so here's, here's what God's put on my heart, to, to, to just do a what if. To say, okay, God, what, what, what could you do if we just believe in you enough and we trust that, that, you're, that you're, you're leading this place? And I've been amazed God is taking care of this church in such miraculous ways. I could say story after story of just what God has done in taking care of us. But I just really felt like it, it's, it's time for us to, 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 to say and to pray and to prepare to say, Lord, we're, gonna, we're, we're believing you. You could give us a whole new building tomorrow. And if you do, we're going to shout all the way there every single step of the way. But Lord, we're going to going to also be faithful where you put us, and we're going to do our next steps. So whenever you came in today, there is a, this, this, this thing in your, deal, in your uh, worship guide. It says, Heart for the Kingdom. And this is just a special initiative that's going to take place on March 26th. So this is not some kind of like emotional appeal where I'm trying to uh, get, get you to give some kind of you know, financial resource today. Absolutely not. I want you to pray. I just want you to pray and see if the Lord would have you do something above and beyond the tithe to be able to help us move forward, to help the kingdom move forward. 
as a, so that we can continue to bless more and more kids, so that we can continue to open up more rooms. So we want to provide a space, more space for kids. And then also, uh, we're believing um, whenever our kids have a new space that we're going to knock out some walls. We're going to put some more seats in here. We need more seats in here big time. We're going to put some more seats in here, and then we, we can knock out a wall in our lobby and have double the space in our lobby so we can have more people, come, more people coming. And uh, we're going to use, I told the Lord when he gave us this place, we're going to use it for all it's worth. I mean, we're, when it's done, it's going to be done. I mean, we're going to have used this thing every square inch of it for the glory of God. And Because here's the deal. I don't want to ever be the kind of church that says, well, God, we, we, we're just waiting on you. You know, we'll, you know if, if you want us to grow, then we'll, you know, you'll just have to give us a bigger place. No, absolutely not. I believe God gives us a vision. And he says, here, here take this. And I believe we can take it. See, I love this. Whenever, whenever the, the fish and loaves multiplied, it didn't multiply in Jesus' hands. It multiplied in the hands of the disciples. It was like, you know, he, he broke it, yeah, and then he handed it to them. And Peter's like, here you go. And it's like, oh my, here you go. Oh my God, like you're gone. <laughs> he hands it. And it just, the, it, the miracle happened in the hands of the disciples. And guys, you know what's going to happen? God's given us the provision. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. I tell you what, the devil cannot handle what we have. But you know what? We have to be willing to take what he has us and break it and multiply and multiply and multiply it because it's not just about this one place. God did not call me here to just build one church, to just build a church. God brought us here, I believe, to be a part of a movement of his spirit, not just for this city, but for this region. And that's only going to happen if we can multiply. It's not happened just by us lumping everything together and saying, well, this church is all about me and my preferences, and it's all about me getting what I want. Guys, if I could say this in the most humble way that I can, but in the most bold way, if you want a church that's just about you, you are not going to like this church because this church exists for one thing and one thing alone. It's what Jesus did so that we can seek and save that which is lost. If you've been saved, hey, you're on the team. Let's get some more people in here saved, and let's get some more people discipled. Let's Let's get some more people growing in their relationship with Jesus. I'm fired up this morning, if you can't tell. And then we're going to aggressively save and prepare for the next, for the next space that God has for us. We're going we're gonna to do, multi- do more than two services here. We're already, our team's already trying to figure out what that's going to look like. Because we're not, we're not happy with full seats. I know that sounds terrible. But you know what? As long as we have full seats, that means new people can't come. So we got to constantly make empty seats and empty seats and empty seats. So that means you may have to be uncomfortable. I challenge you, if you're part, of, you're part of this body and you can come to an early service, you can come to the 9 o'clock, it, it'll, be the short, it'll be the shortest mission trip you ever take. <laughs> Two-hour mission trip every Sunday. And what are you doing? You're just making room. You're making room. You're making room. You're making room. And you know what's going to happen whenever that one gets full? We're going to make some more room. They're going to make some more room. And, you know, and then God's favor and blessing is going to happen somewhere in there. And we're going to say, God, look what you've done in us. And it's not just, it's about kids, it's about the next generation. We're, our goal is to, our goal is to, to save $100,000 in the, in the next calendar year to be able to put toward whatever God has for us next. So we have a goal in this, in this uh, um, Heart for the Kingdom campaign to raise $160,000 so that we can move forward as a church. And I'll tell you this, I believe God can do anything. I really do. And I'm so full of boldness. And I pray, I've prayed 21 days, God, you got to take, you, you got to show. And, and it, just, it just gets stronger, everybody. I mean, that's all I know. It's like just busting at the seams. Because I really believe God's going to do it. I really do. I believe God's going to do it in us if we'll trust him. So know God. 
I'm so excited about this too. I, wanna, I, I failed to mention this in the first service, but it's not just about our kids. It's about the next generation in general. God's blessed us so much with Kristen and Johnny. We're so glad. Why don't you guys stand right there? Yeah. God just gifted them to this church as our youth pastors, and um, they're going to be launching this month. I mean, I'm sorry, next month. They're going to be launching. Is, is it February yet? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> close. Next month, they're going to be launching our very first um, uh, student service that we're going to have once a month on the last Sunday night of the month, where it's called the, it's called the main event. And uh, we're just believing that this room is going to be filled with teenagers and middle school students, high school students, college students. Fine. I, just, I, I just really feel like it's going to be a movement of God. And, uh, and, and if you want to serve, I'll just pull, I'll plug a little bit. If you want to serve, please see Johnny because we need as many volunteers as they can. They're having their first winter retreat. And he told me the other day they have over 22 people going to that retreat. I want to tell you, yeah, it's awesome. This time last year, we had a couple kids. They were like our lone, they were like the Fab Five. You know, they were doing like, Four, fab four, there they go. And look what God's doing. Guys, it's not, just, it's not about us. It's about reaching teenagers. God's going to use you when you go back to your schools. He's going to use you to invite your friends to come in this place. You're going to watch them come down here, give their lives to Jesus, and be changed. Because it's not about us. It's about moving forward and loving and reaching out to people in our world. Here's the second thing. We want to help you find freedom. We want to help you find freedom. I always thought that freedom happened uh, just in a moment with God, maybe in a church service somewhere. And, and I thank I think God so much for this, His Spirit and how He's changed me along the way. But when I think about it, my life has really been transformed through my relationships. It's like God initiates the change, and then He uses people to help that happen. Look at what James says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other. We don't like that at all. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. It's as if he's saying, you confess your sins to God and he forgives you. We like that. But he says, if you want to be healed, you need to get in a relationship with some people that can walk with you. book of Ecclesiastes says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We want to be a church not just with small groups. Small groups is not just a program of our church. It's part of the vision of our church. It's who we are as a church. We're not a church with small groups. We're a church of small groups. And if you're not a part of a small group, you're really missing out on the best part of the church. Before City Hills, I've never been a part of a church that had small groups. And if I could say one thing that this church has, has, has changed in me, it's been in the relationships that I've forged through small groups. Thursday mornings at Panera Bread at 6.30 a.m. before the sun comes up. There's some guys there that have changed my life. I mean, changed my life. Married couples coming over our house and walking through and talking about our struggles. Talk, changed my life. Changed my life. You need people in your life. You need people that you can be real with. It's not God's purpose for you to just come in here on Sunday mornings and, and leave and come back the next Sunday. It's great. That's a great first step. No, God, you need to. But you also need to find freedom because we all have issues. We all need to walk and grow and learn, and we need some people in our lives. And that's why we have small groups that are launching uh, this next week. you got to insert in your, in your worship guide. It has a lot of them on it. Those aren't even all of them. I mean, it's awesome how many. We had five groups a year ago, <laughs> you know, five groups. And now look at, look at what God's doing. It's absolutely unbelievable. We had a, we had a, a sisterhood small group. I want to show this. We had a sisterhood small group that uh, my wife hosted right whenever. This was, our, this was our first sisterhood small group that we have. And then it grew to the next one where they had two sisterhood small groups. And uh, that's, that's how it grew the next time And then it grew to another location 
some good faces there. And then, and then they all took, I, I took a, a picture, I saw a picture of whenever they were all at a ladies' conference together as well. It's a big group of ladies. It's awesome. These relationships that are happening. And this year, you know what, they're, they're having three groups, different nights, different times. Why? Because our lives are changed in relationship with each other. Find your team. Find your group. Find people you can do life with. And and get connected. Get connected. If I could just encourage you, get connected. Don't be alone. We are better together. We really are better together. And we want to be a church where we want to keep on reaching out, keep on um, getting connected with each other and God. Here's here's the third thing. Discover purpose. Discover purpose. Uh, Paul writes, so that you could see exactly what he is calling to do. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do good things that he had planned for us long ago. You know what, God's, it's no accident that you are here part of this church right now. It's no accident at all. It's not just like, oh, you just happened to come or someone just happened to invite you. I don't believe that for one, one second. Whenever we moved here, my dad gave me some advice. He said, Brandon, you need to realize not one person you meet is going to be an accident. He said, from the person that you meet um, at at the car wash to the person that waits on you at the restaurant to the person that you meet in the coffee shop, every single person is there by God. And I want to tell you, it is so true. I'm talking about there are people that I met in the first week that I met that I came here. There there was an architect that I met whenever we were looking at a building. I didn't even even know anybody, and we were already looking at buildings. And uh, we were looking at buildings and dreaming about that, and I had a realtor, and I was... He probably thought I was nuts because we had no money. And we, we just, I was a dream and a vision. And we, he's like, so how, what's your budget? And I was like, he's like, how many people are in the church? I was like, well, we have me, my wife, had two boys, so four right now. So, <laughs> and uh, and, and one, one of the buildings I like, and I, I, I went and talked to the, uh, an architect nearby that someone recommended to me. And uh, time went on, and I never thought any more about it until we were having small group uh, at our house, a married couple. And one of the uh, married couples um, the lady came up to me and said, you know what, do you remember whenever we met? I thought, what, what, when we met? She said, I was the architect that you came and talked to, and um, I was looking through my Rolodex, and I saw your business card. I was the real- realtor that you came and talked to just in the first few weeks that you were here. And God just reminded me, nobody we meet is an accident. Every single, that's why you got to treat people right and be godly and love people, because you never know what God will do through a relationship. You absolutely have no clue if you'll just trust him. Every, you're here for a purpose, and you're here for a reason. So we want to help you discover that. Next week, we're having next steps. Come to it. Find out how to get involved. Get connected in this church. Don't just be a Sunday morning Christian because you're going to miss out on the best life, that glorious life that Paul was talking about. If you can't, number one, know God. It all begins in a relationship with God. If you can get that relationship right, then you can start getting your issues taken care of with other people that love you and care about you. Then after that, you're going to find out, man, why did God put you on this earth? And that's what we try to do through our next steps and try to help you. And we're expanding that. We're going to add some more teaching to that to, to make that more exhaustive and help, help um, lead people better through the process. And we're so thankful for Susan and Jorge that have, that have come along and done such a wonderful job. We're so thankful for Todd and Patty Joe that are, that are serving in that area as our connections pastor and helping oversee new people that are coming. We're so thankful for the leaders that God has brought. We're so thankful for Miss Dina right here. Why don't you wave your, wave your hand? She she's, leads all of our serve teams and she coordinates and gets everybody everything that, she, that, that they need and just loves people and cares about people. I've, I'm going to start calling names and get in trouble now. Christina is working with events and outreach, and we're identifying outreach partners in our city. It's just awesome what God is doing. We have people that are serving in the
the parking lot. We have people that are focusing on first-time guests. We just have people that are identifying their purpose. And, we, man, we're releasing them so that they can do what God has called them to do. That's what we want you to do. You're here for a purpose. Let's help you find it. Let's help you release it and do what God's called you to do. Because I want you to live this kind of life. Number four, make a difference. He says, I want you to grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life. Isn't that great? He has for his followers the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Paul said, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak of Christ and we plead, come back to God. Guys, we together are the body. So I got thinking about the difference that has been made. I tried to figure up all the serve hours and I just can't do it. I mean, so many people serve. Week after week, hour after hour, I think about our serve day that we had where, where we, just, we were overwhelmed with how many people came to serve together at the Knoxville Dream Center and that, that sparked a partnership where now we're partnering with them and they're having more opportunities for us to serve and, and do food trucks and all kinds of exciting things to talk to you about this next year. We have a heart in this next year to, to bless single moms. It's always been, I was raised by a single mom and I love blessing, blessing single moms because that blessed me when people bless my mom and we want to have a car clinic to, for single moms. We want to... We want, to, we want to do whatever we can do for widows and single moms and military wives whose husbands are overseas fighting so that we can have the freedom that we have in Jesus here today. And we, we, we want to reach out and serve. Just, just in, this, in this year alone, in 2016, uh, you, through your generosity, through, was over $35,000 was given to world missions and local outreaches in 2006. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. See, fulfillment's not, not found in, uh, on the golf course, you know? It's not found in a store somewhere. It's not found in achieving your dreams. It's found in achieving God's purpose in your life. He says, seek him first, and he'll add all that rest to you. But it starts with him. So I want to give you just some, some simple things before we go of how I just want to charge you with some things that we can focus on for 2017. And it's an acrostic because I have a preacher disease where everything has to rhyme or it has to be in an acrostic. So <laughs> bear with me. So how do we focus? How, how do we do this? How do we do it? Here's the first thing. We have to follow God's heart. We have to follow God's heart. Guys, uh, Aaron Gooden, it's, is, is Aaron in the house right there? Whenever we had 21 days of prayer, Aaron did such a wonderful job. Everybody did such a wonderful job. Absolutely incredible. But Aaron spoke something that, that was so key, I thought, to just the life of where we are as a church. He said, we need to learn to be self-feeders. And he even invested and bought all kinds of one-year Bibles and, and uh, made it so that people could, could have those. And here's the deal, guys. If we're just a church of Sunday morning only, when we open this book and when we pray and we worship, we're never going to be what God's called us to be. But Lord, help us to follow after your heart all the time. Not just during 21 days of prayer, but man, get a one-year Bible. Or we have an app, a city, the City Hills app, or our website, cityhills.com. We have one-year Bibles everywhere you look online. So just to help you walk through that and learn and pray and seek after God. This, this is something we have to follow the heart of God for ourselves Here's the second thing, the O in focus is others. This is not about us. This is not about us. Jesus said the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. This is a church for others. We have to be the kind of people that, that, that have others on our mind. Here's, the, here's one of the problems with success. Here's one of the problems with all the people that are coming is we all love each other, you know? 
We, I mean, I, I could talk to, I mean, I can talk, my mom says I could talk the hind leg off a dog. That's what she, that's what she says. I don't know what that means. I grew up in Kentucky, everybody, so I love you, mom, if you're watching right now. But I love talking to people. I love, I love what God has, but you know what? There are new people every single week that walk through these doors. And man, let us not be so inward focused that we forget if there are people here that they don't know anybody, they're awkward. Have you ever been to a new place? I've, I've actually faked phone calls at churches before because it was so awkward. I just wanted to get out of there, you know? And, 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 and here's the deal. We need to be the kind of church that loves on others, focuses on others, invites others. Who can we invite? How can we reach out? What can we do? Here's the third thing. Commit to his church. Focus. Focus. Commit to his church. I want to challenge some people. Don't just date this church. Don't just date any church. But find where God is calling you and jump in the deep end both feet. Like any relationship only works when it's all in. Like dig in, get involved in a small group, go through next steps. Just whatever plays are called, get involved and do it. And, if, and if, I'll, I'll make you this commitment. If you, if you run all the plays that we call as a body and you're, you, you, you come through small groups and you get on the growth and you get on next steps and then you be involved and you're serving and you're helping and you're loving and you're giving and all these things. If after a year of you doing all that, you are not spiritually better or you are worse than you are, I will leave this church with you and we will go f together and find somewhere. Because I believe when you, when you get involved, you know, my youth pastor when I was a kid used to say this, you know, it's, it's hard to serve God easy, but it's easy to serve God hard. And what he meant is it's easy when you're all in. It's easy when it's all in. It, I want to challenge you to make that church my church and our church. Well, that church needs to do that. You know, whenever you have a kid, those of you that have kids, or maybe it's maybe, maybe siblings or you're a niece, it all changes when it's yours. Like you think, well, my kid will never do that, you know? And then to your kid, you know, and you think, oh, it's, oh they're so cute, you know? They're just amazing. No, it's, 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 it's our church. It's not my church. This church is, is, it's our church. We're together in this. Here's the, um, here's the you, undignified worship. Undignified worship. One of the hearts that we had whenever this church was starting, I had the, the heart and passion, my wife as well, so much her heart as well, that this would be a place where worship is such a powerful, where people experience the power of God like never before. Whenever we worship undignified, what I mean by that, not the scripture I put in there, I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but man, David literally danced his clothes off, everybody. And that's, I'm not recommending that style of worship. Please. Please have your clothes. Keep them on. But his wife chastised him and made fun of him because of his outward expressive worship. Matter of fact, for 13 miles, the Bible says he would walk six steps and sacrifice. Walk six, six steps and sacrifice. I mean, it was just incredible. And she made fun of him, and she was barren because of it. You know, a church that doesn't know how to worship is a barren church. A church that makes fun of people's passion for God is a barren church. God, let this be a place where we have undignified worship. I was talking to someone recently and, um, that we were talking about 21 days of prayer. And I, I know everybody's scared. I'm, this is not a, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody because I've been there before. But during 21 days of prayer, we were talking about this, this uh, time, certain time. And uh, they were saying, oh, it's just too early. You know, I mean, all these, you know, I just cannot. I mean, just kind of a real attitude about it. And, 
you ever, you ever, you ever come up with a really good comeback like 10 minutes like when it's too late? I'm really good at coming back like after the fact. You know, I'm like driving up. Oh, I should have said that. Yeah, I would have really told him, you know. And uh, the thing that came to my mind about 10 minutes later, and I thought about that all day, is this. You're just not desperate enough. first one, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be opening the doors. Because why? You'd say, I'm, I'm desperate after God. Like if God doesn't come through in my life, then this is, it's, it's just all over. And you know what, church? I don't want us to get to the place where situations have to make us desperate. I want to be desperate every single day after God. I want this to be a place where it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, but I, I want us to be bold to lift up our hands. To shout at the top of our lungs. To worship with everything that we have. Because I want to tell you, whenever we're willing to step out of our comfort zone and just love God and undignified, just like, God, I give you everything that I have, I promise you, His Spirit's going to touch and change lives. And people are going to say, there's something different about that place. Like, I don't even know. Like, I, 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 I feel that somebody, people say this to me all the time. There's energy at that church. I'm like, you're exactly right. It's the power of God. I don't want to ever do something on a Saturday at a football game that I wouldn't do for God. Like I want to give Him everything that I have. All my worship, all my praise. And here's the last thing, the S is sacrifice. Sacrifice. So I was preparing this message and thinking about this. and um, I just want to say this, that God's called you to be part of this church. And you don't step up and own it, follow that purpose, and we'll, we're, we're not going to be what God has called us to be. There, 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 I, I, there's something in me that wants, well, it's okay. You just kind of do your own thing, and it's going to be... No, 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 no. It, it'd be like this. It'd be like me not having a, a leg, or me not having an arm, or me not having a hand or a toe. Guys... God's called us together to be part of this. So let's own it. Let's sacrifice. God's not interested in our comfort. He's interested in our calling. So we want to help you pursue that. Maybe, maybe it's time for you to get baptized. Like maybe you need to be undignified. And, and it's time for you to take a step. You say... It really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. i got to follow God. Maybe it's time for you to own it. Maybe it's time for you to go all in and say, I want to be at Next Steps, and I'm going to be part of this church. And like, like, where do I go? Like, where do I go? Like, do you just point me in a direction? Because we're going to move forward because God's called me to be part of this, and let's get involved, and let's do what he's called us to do. Like, where's your next step along the journey? Or maybe you're here today, and you need to know God. I'm so glad that you're here today because you can find him right here in this place. He's not far. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus, would you help us? Would you help us to fulfill everything that you've called us to do? Lord, we need you. We give you our hearts. We give you our lives. We give you everything that we are. Lord, would you use us? Would you change us from the inside out, oh God? Lord, we thank you. God, help us to identify what that next step is. Help us to do it. Lord, it's such a privilege to be part of your kingdom. Maybe you're here today and you need to have a relationship with him. You need to take that, that step of faith this morning. I, I just want to pray with you and help you uh, take that step today.
If that's you, just simply pray with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I give my life to you today. Fill me with your spirit. Change me. Save me. I need you. Be my Lord forever. I'll follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands and just thank God for what he's doing in this place.